Um, one of the reasons why I like to look at a map is that some of these epic kind of stories from the Bible may feel like Lord of the Rings or something like that. I mean, it's very easy. It's very easy to, to think that, um, that it's made up. It's fantasy. It's, you know, that it's not real. It's that, or that it's something so far away from us and so, uh, so out of our time. Just like if we were, uh, I mean, thinking about Greek history or something like that. It's just so far away and we don't have a lot of context for it in our life right now. But watch the news because this, uh, this has been the beginning of the news for the last six month or six weeks or whatever. It's the same exact map that we, that we see on the news every morning and every evening. And we'll see in today's, I mean, what we're looking at tonight, we'll even see Gaza in there, which is where all the war is going on right now. Do you, has anybody looked at a map of Gaza and you have any idea how, how big it is? It's only four miles wide It's at its widest point. Only four miles wide, just this little strip all along the Mediterranean. So the Mediterranean Sea all on one side and a wall all around it. It's 25 miles long. And, and only four miles wide. Um, so, uh, but we'll look at that. Okay. Let me pull out my notes here. So we're looking at chapter 10 tonight. Only one chapter. Surprise. But it's it's a long one. Got a lot of verses. So, last week we ended with the Gibeonites. They tricked them. I, I, that's such an interesting and just kind of a clever story. I mean, you almost couldn't make up a story like that. But these guys are basically come like from Davenport, only they made their, they made their, sh- they wore worn out shoes and worn out clothes and had, sh- Boiled bread and things like that so that they could trick them into thinking that they traveled from far away. And they're just, they were just a few miles away. I mean, probably more like Stroud, not that important. Um, so now it, here we come with that. And I wanted to set that. I mean, that had to be mentioned because they come up again in a minute. So now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, that's the same Jerusalem that we talk about today, only it's it's a Canaanite. It actually it was called a Jabus or something like that, uh, but but they're calling it what it's going to be called. Jerusalem came to pass that Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and its king. So he had done to Ai and its king. And now the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. That's they were among them. Um, apparently, some of some of these Gibeonites start traveling with the children of Israel, and the, and they stay a part of it. There, remember when we were looking at um, Nehemiah when they were building the wall, and it said that everybody was responsible for the wall that was in front of their house, and. Uh, 
So some of these Gibeonites live there, and they're mentioned in Nehemiah as being a part of the ones that helped build the wall. And that's hundreds of hundreds of years later. So, um, okay, almost a thousand years later, as a matter of fact. Uh, how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities. Now, this is talking about how the, the people from Jerusalem are in fear. Uh, they fear because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mighty. So what does that mean? It means that the the Jerusalem people are saying, man, if a big old city with a lot of, a big army, if they couldn't stand up to the Israelites, what are we going to do? And so... Therefore, Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon. Sometimes the city is actually called Debir, but it's Debir, king of Eglon, saying, come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon. And this is all, um, so the, Jerusalem is right here. It's on a line, just pair, um perpendicular to the the top, top edge of the Dead Sea, you come across here. And all these other cities are down here below that. Uh, come up that we may attack Gibeon. I don't understand why they were going to attack Gibeon and what they thought that was going to do. Uh, unless they thought, unless he thought that all of them together maybe could debate the Israelites if they get involved in the war. Uh, for it is, for it, Gibeon has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of and the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal. So Gilgal was over, it's over here, uh, it's over here right by Jericho. It's between the um, Jordan River and Jericho. And that's where they've gone back to camp. It's Gilgal. Remember, they've set up an altar and everything there. So he sent to Gilgal and said, do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal. Okay, so... This dotted line and all these going that way. There's a, a mountain range that goes through there, and the top edge has cities all along it. They had cities in the mountains to protect them from being attacked and stuff like that. So it's, when he says they ascended, they actually climb up the mountains to get to Gibeon, which is along that ridge right there. Um, it's interesting that. Why did why didn't the Israelites just say well, if the, if these Amorites get rid of them, then we won't have to mess with them anymore? But they've made a commitment to them to protect them. Not, but they're servants, and they remain servants for a, for hundreds of years. They're the ones that are supposed to carry the water and gather wood. They carry wood uh, wood and water to for everyday use, and so 
but they've made a commitment. And so they're going to take care of them, even servants, uh, foreign servants at that. Uh, so Joshua ascended from Gilgal, bottom line. He and all the people of, of war with him and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua, therefore, came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. Joshua knows because God's already told him, and they've already whooped up on all kinds of people. They haven't, they lost 36 men at, at AI, uh, which was more than they had lost ever before. I mean, it's just notable that only three dozen guys getting killed in a war was a big deal to them. But um, so, so the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them all along the road that goes to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Makedah, Makeda. Um, it, when I was read it in English, it looks weird because it's got those double K's. And it, in, in, uh, in Hebrew, it's only one letter, Pope, uh, English. So they have this fight over here at Gibeon, the uh, ridge of the mountains, and they go down the mountains and follow them down to Beth Horn, and then they travel all through here and they make this loop. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a long way. It's I mean it's it's a long battle that goes with miles and miles and miles and miles, and they keep on going. I and that's the reason why I drew the map is I want you to see how it's a long battle and a long way that they go. The road that goes to Beth Horan uh, struck them down as far as Azekah and Makedah, Makeda, and it. Happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon. So they're going down the mountains as they go, that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Azekah and they died. So hailstones fall. Um, large hailstones. And one of the weird things is the Israelites didn't die. The hail's fallen on well, as they're fighting this battle, and the hailstones, okay, and they died. So this song that gets sung here, they there were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. I mean, okay, and it's one thing to depend on, you know, we've won all these battles before, and but they were just battles, and they did, you know, they did a good job, and uh, and they beat everybody, but just in the normal process of warfare they were beating. Does everybody know that this ain't normal? I don't I, I don't know if you've ever gotten a fight on the playground or anything like that, but did hailstones ever fall and take care of you? I mean that's the closest I've ever been to anything like that. I don't know June has been have you been in battle before? Have you been a In a battle. Have you done anything except maneuvers in the army? Okay. Okay. So none of us have any experience with this. But I'm pretty sure that when missiles start falling out of the sky, I mean, in, in the natural kind of way, but, but supernatural, uh, that's, that's different. 
Lord died from the hailstones and for the children of Israel killed with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, sun stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. So when you see the sun stood still, I don't know how many of y'all go and read commentaries in, about by, written by theologians like Kyle and Dalich and and these German German theologians going back a hundred, two hundred years. But they all have these things about maybe it was a um, an eclipse that the sun that's the sun darkened or something. And the miracle of it is, although they're creating a natural thing, the miracle of it is that they didn't get hot while they were fighting their battle. Uh, I mean, I know that there's a lot of confusion about the weather and um, uh, and and the climate now. They weren't confused about it back then. They knew the difference between when it was cloud, dark and cloudy or, and when the sun stands still. Okay, so. Or somehow the, uh, the, maybe the sun starts <laughs> orbiting the earth. Um, but whatever it was, yeah, the, the earth should, would stand still. Because scientifically, we would say, "Well, that can't happen. Otherwise, otherwise, the Earth would explode. All kinds of things would happen if it stops. Uh, it, it might create hailstones. Yeah, we need to. Uh, uh, whatever the deal, the sun stood still. The moon stopped. That said, this is just poetic language that somebody's doing. I'm I'm throwing out all the things that." that they say. I'm not endorsing any of those things, and you'll find that out in just a second. So there's this little verse here, uh, till the people had revenge upon their enemy. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? Which is, Jasher is the uh, the book of triumphant, or something like that, and uh, it's mentioned a few times throughout Scripture, but we're, nobody's really sure what the book of Joshua was, but it was a book that everybody knew about. So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down about a whole day. Is that miraculous? No, it's not. The sun didn't go down for about a whole day today. Maybe it might mean that, or it might mean the length of the day. But the sun going down about a whole day is not a big deal. Hold on a minute till I finish. Because the next verse says a lot. All these things that, that theologians try to come up to explain this miracle, how there was some kind of natural thing that happened. I, I can't stand that. And so when I preached a few weeks ago about miracles and, and faith and what faith does. And I said, it's not like you stir yourself up real hard to believe in the Easter bunny. It wasn't that, and I said that I believe that 
stuff happens that is real stuff, like that Jesus walked in this place, which is water, and someplace else where you can walk on water. And I mentioned my friend that got out of a plane when there got out of the door when there was a there's a tree. A, he slid his plane into it, and there's a tree there, and you can't open the door. But he got out that door anyway. That he went into some place where that you could get out that door. I believe in absolutely in miracles. I just think that there that stuff is real. What's happening is real. It's not a. It's not some weird story. It's not magic. Thank you, Pam. That's exactly what I mean. So here's the next verse. And there has been no day like that before it or after it, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord uh, fought for Israel. Joshua, who wrote this down, I, I, I believe he wrote the story, he penned it and put it down for the generations to come. He may not have understood uh, how the earth revolved and that the sun's standing still out there and the earth is revolving and the moon's revolving around the earth at the same time. He may not have understood those, all those things. He may not have understood how eclipses work or how the weather works and where hailstones come from, but I guarantee that he knew the difference between that day and any other day in his life. But he's had a long life already. He's already outlived a whole generation. And he's seen crazy things happen. He knew when he says there has been no day like that. It's not like anything else. Uh, so the Lord heeded the voice of man, Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. So after they've done all this fighting down here, they go back to Gilgal. Okay. But these five kings had fled. Not... Okay. Joshua returns and they go back to Gilgal. But in between all that, we're gonna we're going backwards in time now. A lot of stuff happens before they go back to Gilgal, right? But oh, but, but by the way, these five kings had fled and hidden themselves in a cave at Makeda. Makeda. And it was told Joshua, saying, the five kings have been found hidden in the cave at Makeda. So Joshua said, okay, and this is in the middle of their battle. And they find out these kings are hidden there. He says, okay, just roll a stone against the mouth of the cave and set men by it to guard so they can't get out of that. So just seal them up in the cave there and we'll come back and get them later. It's like, put them in a cool igloo cooler or something like that and, and we'll, just, we'll save them for later. And do not stay there yourselves, but pursue your enemies and attack their rear guard. So this is the battle that keeps on going. As they're going down to here to Beth Horon and then Azekah and Lachish and down to Hebron. Uh, do not allow them to enter the cities, for the Lord your God has delivered all of them in your hands. Then it happened while Joshua and the children of Israel made an end of slaying them with a very great slaughter till they had finished that those who escaped entered fortified cities. And all the people returned to camp to Joshua at Makeda, and Makeda, and in peace. So, all of this is happening while the sun stands still. This had this had to be a long time uh, for them to get all this stuff done. 
the, what's the miracle in, um, where is that? what is the miracle right here in verse 21? And all the people that come to the camp and talk to it, Makeda, and he, and he is his interest in it. But yes, all the people. What does that mean? That means all of them. They didn't, nobody died is the way that I see that. All the people returned to the camp, to Joshua at Makeda. So no one moved his tongue against any of the children of Israel. That means none of that, all the people that live here. Basically. Okay, I'll just stay away from that. Everybody, as much as people talk, people don't talk at all. No one moves his tongue against any of the children of Israel. And Joshua said, "Open, okay, so they go back and open up the mouth of the cave and bring out those five kings to me from the cave. And they did so and brought out the five kings from the cave, King of Zerson, Heban, Dramas, Lachish, and Eglon. So it was when they brought out those kings to Joshua that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said the captains of men of war. So went with him, come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. And that was a common thing that they'd make the kings bow down and they put their foot on them. It sent a message to all the people that that guy was, uh, that that guy had been conquered. But it also did something to the, I mean, it was an action on the part of the leaders of the armies to just not be afraid. Um, I mean, when God is with them, he can be against them. Uh, they drew near and put their feet on their necks. And Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Be strong and prepared. For thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. And afterward, Josh, Joshua struck them and killed them. So he kills them with a sword or whatever. Hanged them on five trees. And they were hanging on the trees until evening. So it was at the time of the going down of the sun... After all of this stuff has happened, the sun finally goes down. That Joshua commanded, they took him down from the trees, cast him in the cave, sealed it back up, and laid large stones against the cave's mouth, which remain until this very day. So, at least for until Joshua died, so quite a few years. On that day, Joshua took uh, Makeda and struck it and its king with the edge of the sword. He utterly destroyed them, all the people who were in it. He let none remain. He also did to the king of Makeda as he had done to the king of Jericho. What did he do to the king of Jericho? I'll just go. It doesn't say what he did to Jericho, but they killed everybody in Jericho. That, uh, if you go back to the story of Jericho, it doesn't say anything special about the king. A lot more is talked about to the king of Jerusalem and all them. Uh, but he did the same thing. Uh, Let none remain. He also did the king of uh, Makeda as he had done the king of Jericho. Then Joshua passed to Makeda and all Israel with him to Libna, and they fought against Libna. And the Lord also delivered it and its king in the land of Israel. Now, they're still, they still haven't gone back to Gilgal yet. They're in the middle of all this fighting, and the sun's gone down and back up. I mean, they, they get up the next day, and they go down there to Libna. Uh, and fought against them. The Lord also delivered it and its king in the land of Israel. He struck it and all the people who were in it with the edge of the sword. He let none remain in it, but did to its king as he had done to the king of Jericho. 
Then Joshua passed from Libna and all Israel with him to Lachish. And they encamped against it and fought against it. And the Lord delivered Lachish into the hand of Israel, uh, who took it on the second day. So I think that what it means is they took Libna on one day, and the next day they come down and fight at Lachish, and it took maybe took two days to fight them there. Because it said they did that on the second day. And but it could mean just the day after Libna. And struck it and all the people who were in with it uh, in it with the edge of the sword, according to all that he had done to Lena. Then Horam, king of Gezer, came up to help Lachish. Joshua struck him and his people, and he left him none remaining. And they are absolutely invincible. From Lachish, Joshua passed to Eglon and all Israel with him, and they encamped against it and fought against it. They took it on the day and struck it with the edge of the sword. All the people were in it, and he utterly destroyed that day, according to all that he had done to Lachish. So Joshua went from Eglon and all Israel with him to Hebron, fought against it. They took it, struck it with the edge of the sword. It's king and it's king. You're stealing my thunder. Um, okay, he goes down to Eglon. Uh, they took it and struck it with the edge of the sword, the king and all the cities. And all the people were in it. He left none remaining. Um, I don't know if y'all have ever seen much about it, but a, a lot of people... Talk about the violence of the New Testament and how violent that God, uh, you know, was. Uh, yes, talking about the Old Testament, um, that God's a God of war and the and Christianity is tainted by that and all this stuff. Um, that's this is the way they did things then. I mean, if you I, follow the Vikings or any of that stuff. Uh, any of the wars that the French and the English had during those hundred years, that's exactly the same thing they did there. Um, and so it's not fair to judge these civilizations by the same, uh, with the same kind of judgment or, and measure against what we see today, our version of civilization. Uh, because what God was doing was just cleaning out this cleaning out this whole country so that uh, so that the Israelites would have a chance to live the way God wanted them to clean out the mess, clean out the sewers, all drain the swamp, all that kind of stuff. So uh, Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the beer, and they fought against it. And he took it and his king and all his cities, and they struck him with the edge of the sword, utterly destroyed all the people who were in it. He left none remaining as he had done to Hebron. So he did to Debir and its king, as he had done also to Lega and its king. Then, uh, so Joshua conquered all the land, the mountain country, and the south, and the lowland, and the wilderness, uh, and the wilderness slopes. So, uh, the wilderness slopes, uh, I mean, as everything keeps on sloping towards the Mediterranean, they take their, they're just defeating everybody, cleaning the whole place out. Uh, the wilderness goes and all their things. He left none remaining, but utterly destroyed. Utterly destroyed all that breathed, and the Lord God of Israel had commanded, uh, as he commanded. And Joshua conquered them from Kadesh Barnea, as far as where? 
Gaza, and all the country of Goshen. So if you keep on the, um, the, the Mediterranean turns right here, and you've got uh, the Sinai Peninsula here, and you get over to Egypt. And on right on the everything on the east side of the Nile River was the land of Goshen. And that was the land that was blessed that didn't have all the plague stuff like Egypt did. They didn't suffer from that. So he he goes all the way over to across the Sinai Peninsula. It's that triangular shape then. He goes across that and defeats all of those things. I mean they did a lot in a short amount of time and just to see everyone. Nobody can come against them. All these kings in their land, Joshua took at one time. Not a long season or, or years and years of battle, all at once. Uh, because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned, and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. So, so we have that little Gilgal parentheses, and then talks about all the wars that, that went all over here. Um, this was uh, over three thousand years ago. Three thousand years ago, and it's still on the moon. I mean, it was on the news this morning. The same thing has been going on all this time. And uh, when Israel when Israel does what they're supposed to do, God shows up. Um, it doesn't mean that nothing bad's ever going to happen to God's chosen people. But the good news is that God's chosen people always do. They're always there. If you look at a map of this from the, it's from the, like satellite images of all this stuff. Desert nothing. And before Israel came back in 1948, all of this looked about the same. But now this is all gone. All the way up to the wall around Gaza. And I mean, if you look at a satellite map, it's just nothing. And they've got this wall built around it. And it's green up to the edges of it. Until there's, I mean, there's a band around it, but it's not green. But the whole land itself is flat. That everything that Israel took its changes is left. And it's been that way over 3,000 years. In the, the last few hundred years, whether, is, whether the Israelites, the Jewish people are in Germany, they're blessed. And they're in Russia, they're blessed. If they're in India or, or the United States, they're blessed wherever they go. about that? Um, we, I, I think we're blessed because of that too. And that we, um, that's right. 
So part of the reason why America's here is because of Jewish people. Um, but we still have them coming under persecution even still. I mean, it's lone, lone gunmen, but um, our nephew is the chief of police in Hollyville, and that the Jewish synagogue there was attacked by one of those guys that came in and tried to kill people, and no one was killed. <laughs> and he showed me on his phone a, a few months ago, he showed me... Um, when the all the hostage rescue team broke in there and all, um, it's still happening today that people like Lakish come and try to try to come against them and and they get defeated. Um, but we need to make sure that we're on the right side when we when. Uh, As, I mean, we are also the people of God, um, and we can be blessed the same way um, if we if we put God in His rightful place. So, I just wanted to be uh, be thinking about it. This is not the Lord of the Rings. This is um, this is real, and it it's as real three thousand years ago as it was this morning on ABC News when I was watching all that stuff happen. It's interesting that uh, I believe God is rewriting the narrative. So even liberal uh, mainstream media is having to admit when, you know, when they walk in and they see how these tunnels go under this hospital and that uh, uh, some of the war is being because the um, the spin on it is that poor, poor um Hezbollah, poor Palestinians, uh, and Israel is saying they've been shooting rockets from the from the hospital. And then, I mean, today ABC News goes through a hole in the side of this hospital, and they show them the deal, open up trap doors, and they said, "Wow, I never imagined tunnels looking like that." Because a lot of the a lot of the aid that's been sent over there and even concrete that was sent over there to rebuild buildings, guess what it built? It built tunnels. And I I mean, when it, the one it showed this morning, there's a ladder that goes maybe 40 or 50 feet down there and then the tunnel starts so that uh, when those big bunker buster bombs get dropped, they don't even affect them down there. So um, anyway, yeah. They were saying that the lights on and some the stuff that runs down there is from solar panels. Uh, I mean, so they've got sophisticated kind of stuff. It, the poor Palis, the poor Palestinians really are poor Palestinians because they've been done wrong by a few people uh, that are running this terror network. So um, just pray for them. Pray for Israel. Pray, pray for the Palestinians that they can get out. South and that it, that Egypt will let them come and uh, that the refugees will have a place to go. Sure, sure. Uh, so as we're praying for them, that's why they're on the prayer list, right? Uh, but 
There's nothing new under the sun. 3,000 years ago, that was happening. And here today, that same thing is still happening. Yeah, just our, I mean, you know, doesn't this look like a, I mean, wouldn't this be a logical kind of boundaries around a country? No. Um, makes no sense. Why uh, Jordan, this is the country of Jordan. Jordan just comes arbitrarily in here like this. That makes no sense at all. Nearly every country, even every state in the United States, between us and Texas, what do we have? The Red River. It makes a boundary. And it's that way all over the place. So wouldn't the Jordan River make? No, that's arbitrarily. It comes all the way over here. Now, in most of the I mean, they have they have land all over here. Well, the tribes that the Trans Jordan tribes, they'll do that. So, anyway, uh, we'll see. We know that one day things are going to be a lot different, and the wars probably won't stop over there until there is a last war. So, new um, heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they do with Jerusalem and how much the the state of Palestine is supposed to be able to rule over that Jerusalem and the all off the mosque and all that kind of stuff. But new Jerusalem is going to have a mosque. Wow. Let me pray for us, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you that we have a we have a measuring stick that we can hold against. Everything that the world comes out with and, and, and divine truth from that. Um, Lord, I pray that you encourage our faith, even in these Old Testament words, that you're still in the business of dropping hailstones on enemies. You're still in the business of doing miracles, whatever it takes to accomplish what your purpose is in our life. If we yield ourselves to you and in your word, which is always true, then, of course, we're blessed. We thank you for that. I pray that you'll bless us in this next week as we travel and bless the time that we get to spend together with family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless y'all.